It's the success line. This is the place where achievers come to get advice on how to solve business problems and unlock their true potential. Every week, a new listener of the show sits down with success coaching director Ben Fairfield to talk through a roadblock and learn a lesson. Now here he is, Ben Fairfield. Hey everyone, welcome to the Success Line. This is Ben Fairfield and I'm so excited to have a host of one of our other Success Podcast Network smash hit podcasts. Miss Madison Piper is on with us today. Madison, thanks so much for being with us. Ben, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be on the Success Line with you. Absolutely, Madison. Now, for those that don't know you, and I know that's probably not a ton of people, but there may be some, so give us a little backstory of who is Madison, what role you play at Success, and and learn a little bit more about your podcast as well. Let's see, Ben. I've been at Success for a while. I've been here for a few years, and I I really love it. I kind of fell into the space of personal development by by accident. You know, I've always been involved in storytelling. My background is in um, journalism, but I've never really done it in the space of personal development or business. So this was just kind of an opportunity that fell into my lap. Um, And I definitely started drinking the Kool-Aid. Now I love it. I can see why other people love it. Um, It's such an empowering industry to be in. And so being here for the last few years has really empowered me to kind of take control over my career and my own story. And um, you know, success has really, it, it gives you the legs to do that, right? It's kind of, they're a company that asks you what you want to do with your life and then they help make it happen, which is something I love so much about it. But um, starting there, you know, so I started at Success. I was a multimedia content producer, meaning I just worked a little bit on social. That turned to working a lot on social. Now I manage our social. I host uh, Success Stories with Madison Piper, which is a podcast that um, focuses entirely on women of impact. Um, we have exciting things coming up in 2022 that I'm working on uh, that I'm sure your listeners will hear about soon. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit about me and my role here. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so you're you're overseeing all of the the social assets for success, and there's a lot, and that's a that's a big uh, big thing. Before we started recording, we were talking about how exciting it is that that this coming year, 2022, is the 125th anniversary of Success Magazine, and how wild it is that we get to be a part of that ride. So, so now you're managing all the social media for that huge company. So that's a big job. There's a lot of responsibility there, and that's I, I would love to kind of stop here and kind of dive into to pick your brain a little Mm -hmm. bit, because if I think back over our last probably four to six guests on the success line, uh, a lot of a lot of them have different nuances and specific issues or, or obstacles that they're facing. However, one theme has shown up in almost every single one of them, and it's how to get maximum reach through social media channels. And so, again, they're all different businesses. They all have a little bit different um, angle that they're looking at it through, yet it keeps coming up. And so I, I know that that landscape has changed a lot. So I'd love to just pick your brain on behalf of the listeners. Let's dive into a little bit. What are you seeing in the social media landscape? What do you see? What changes are you seeing? Have you seen this year? What do you see coming next year? Uh, and then how, how would we go to these entrepreneurs and, and tell them or encourage them to to know where to start in the the whole thing of social media because it can be overwhelming. Yeah, no, it can definitely be overwhelming. And you know, Success has a brand of a uh, reach of over four point five million people. That's huge. That's a huge thing to manage. And you know, I, I guess my biggest piece of advice for entrepreneurs that are looking to develop their you know their identity on social media would be: don't try to do everything. Um, 
because then you can become a jack of all trades, but a master at none. You need to find where you fit best and stick to it and really invest your time and energy into becoming well-known and increasing your reach and, and doing everything that you can on that platform. Because when you do that, you know, organically growth on other platforms will come and the thing that we've noticed with social for the last few years is that it's ever evolving. You know, ever since it started, it's ever evolving. We just heard about, you know, Facebook metaverse, which is coming out, which is crazy. But then, you know, for a while, Instagram was the main platform that everybody used. That has since evolved to TikTok. TikTok is a huge competitor. So now we have Instagram reels. It's always going to change, you know, so keeping up with changes seems impossible. It, it's not, you know, you have to keep yourself evolving, keep yourself adapting, but like, don't try to do everything. That's my biggest piece of advice, because if you try to do everything, you're just going to be, you know, a cluster of content that doesn't really make any sense. Figure out what you are best at, what your brand fits best with, stick to that and make it the best and go from there. I love that. And if, if we were print, I would have a call out that says, don't be a cluster of content that makes no sense. I love that you said that because <laughs> I, I think that's what most entrepreneurs do. They feel like they have to be in all these places and they have to be doing all these things. And they get so mm -hmm. lost in trying to be everywhere and do all the things that they forget to actually do what it takes to make revenue in their business. So, so exactly. you, you talked about knowing, knowing which platforms. So do you have any, mm -hmm. any thoughts or anything to share uh, you, for somebody listening, an entrepreneur who has a business, how do you, how would you suggest they or coach that they go find where their audience is? Cause I know that, that all these different channels are, are, you know, they have different demographics and different user bases and things of that sort. So how would you go about even knowing if you had whatever the business is, where to go start researching to see where your, your target audience might be uh, in a bigger number? you know, as far as which platform? You know, I'm, I'm not a fan of like copycats or anything, like always be original, be original in your content, what you're putting out there. Eventually the copycats always fall off, right? The original is the one that's always going to win. That said, there's no, nothing wrong with looking to brands that you find as inspiring or that you find is a good role model for what you want and kind of taking what they do and, and making it your own a little bit. See what's working for other people and how that makes sense for you, right? If you're not somebody who likes to be on camera, TikTok, Instagram Reels, and YouTube probably isn't for you, right? If you're somebody who hates to be on camera, you say you're no good at it, you don't like speaking, okay, maybe that's not it. But let's say that, you know, you've got a, a great marketing company and great photo images and great copywriters that can really utilize Instagram, you know, that's going to be your space. I guess my, my point is you can look to other people for inspiration and everything, but you really have to find like, what's your personality? What's your brand personality? And where does that make the most sense? What platform does that make the most sense on? So let's say that, you know, you, you have a brand that features a lot of products and you like to go on long-winded videos about each of your products and people seem to really, really like that. Then YouTube is probably your space. Now you can also find a space using those YouTube videos to break them down into shorter 30 to 60 second clips that are just more quick hit describing your products and put those on TikToks and grow your reach there. Put those on Reels, grow your reach there. But your priority is YouTube, right? So, yeah. I love that. So I want, I want to stop here for a second because you just said a couple of things that I think really resonate with coaching conversations we've had on the success line as well as uh, clients that I coach through success coaching. Uh, that we, we first have to start in, in the way we coach people. I'd love to hear your thoughts. We have to get really clear with who our audience is. And so what we coach people to do is define what we call their avatar. 
So, so not only who mm -hmm. the client is, but what does the client do? What, what are they worried about? What do they enjoy? What do they not like? What's their biggest obstacle? What's their biggest win? Like really getting extreme clarity over uh, each of these people, like knowing exactly who they are so that you can make sure your message is landing with them. Because the other thing I think is interesting is there's a lot of people who are on a lot of platforms putting out a lot of content, but they have very little engagement. And so at mm -hmm. some point there, we have a disconnect between our message not landing with the intended audience. And so it's out there. But if we're not getting the engagement, then it kind of defeats the purpose because we can't pull them off a social media channel into our space to sell our product or our offering or our service. So, so there's, a, there's a huge disconnect there. And so when we're coaching people, we always tell them it's worth taking the extra time, take a step back in order to go too forward, really get clarity with who the heck is your audience? Because you're not going to know where they are or what their preferences are until you identify who that audience really is. So, so do you have any, any tips or thoughts around that process of identifying the target audience? Because I know that we've talked about this, that, that you're always doing this with the magazine and that it's a continuing, mm -hmm. evolving process. So I also know it's not a one and done, but any thoughts that you have there or any tips for entrepreneurs listening? Absolutely. You know, I'm glad that you bring this up because if you don't have a relationship with your audience, there's really no point to your presence on social, right? Like if your goal is just to sell, 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 that's great. But eventually people are going to get tired of it, right? People don't want to just feel like you're out after them for money. They want to feel like there's a sense of community and almost a reason to have some loyalty when following your brand. You want to bring something to the table that makes them feel good. It makes them want to, you know, converse with you. It makes them, you're answering a problem that they have every day. You're bringing something to them that they need. So a great way I would say to get to learn your audience is just really taking advantage of the tools that we have, like, you know, polling them, pull your audience, ask them questions. It's really, really easy. You know, it's really easy to do on Instagram, pull them and ask what they want to see more of, what they want to see less of, you know, what they are not getting from your brand that they wish they were getting from your brand. Um, there's, there's lots of different ways that you can use these tools. Like I'm thinking Instagram stories, quizzes, polls, question boxes to just get to know your audience a little bit better, but also engage with them back. They're taking the time to comment on your post, to engage with you, to tell you what they want, to tell you what they like. Take the time, make the effort to talk back to them. It, it's, it shouldn't be a one-way conversation. That is what's always amazed me, Madison, is I've got, a, I'm thinking of one specific client, but they spent, their budget for social media marketing was over six figures. It was a massive budget. They were generating all this conversation on two major platforms. And when I went back for six plus months, there was no comments back. So it's like, what in the mm -hmm. world are you doing? Like you have customers knocking on your door, wanting to engage you or your salespeople in a conversation and it's crickets. Like it doesn't make <laughs> any sense mm -hmm. to me. So, so I think that's a great point you bring up. The first part of this, this approach has to be content and the right audience and, and all of those things. That's important. The second part though, is you need to be taking time to respond to the conversations that are being started as a result of the content you're putting out there. And a lot of people miss that. If you don't engage with your audience, then like they're not going to feel a connection with you as a brand or as a person. You know, a lot of the brands that I follow, just speaking from a personal perspective, I'm going to take the social media manager, you know, professional level out of it and just speak as a consumer. If I am commenting on people's like brands or influencers, you know, people of influence, authors, whatever it may be, and asking a question and I get nothing back, it's almost offensive. You're like, you really couldn't take the time. I'm asking where I can buy your book or I'm asking, you know, when this product is going to be re-released or I'm asking X, Y, and Z. And you really couldn't take the time just to like shoot back a five word 
response to me. It makes you feel like they don't prioritize their customers. Absolutely. And, so. and what we know from a sales, my, my background in sales, we know that people don't buy from a company, they buy from a person. It's relationship. And so that's yes. the beauty. That's the advantage of social media, right? Is we mm -hmm. get an opportunity to create relationships that otherwise maybe we wouldn't have, or we create them faster, or maybe for a lower cost per person. But our whole objective mm -hmm. is to create those relationships so that there can be conversation. Like my Instagram, the, the messenger on Instagram is, is blows up every day and I love it. And it's from people interacting and commenting. And it's wonderful because through that, now there's a relationship to your point. Now there's a face to this brand other than it just being mm -hmm. a brand. And now all of a sudden I, I have more rapport and trust and my likelihood of doing business with this entity is probably much higher because now there's a person involved versus it just being me mm -hmm. and this giant corporation. Mm -hmm. You know who's done a really good job of this? Uh, on, I'm going to think about the TikTok space really quick. So it's sure. become really popular on TikTok for brands to comment like their people right? Like as if they're people and they'll watch random <laughs> videos and interact and it has nothing to do with their space, but it kind of creates an awareness around it, right? And you've seen NFL teams and NHL teams and, you know, MLB teams like do this and it's kind of crazy, but there's a brand called Duolingo, Duolingo that is a language. Like it, it helps, yeah. you know, teach you a language. It, nobody heard of it before. Maybe people did, but a lot of people didn't. And now yeah. they have blown up. <laughs> they have blown up. Everybody on TikTok knows who Duolingo is. And it's because they're taking the time to engage with other people's content instead of just selfishly putting out their own, hoping that people will just engage with them. Yes. Yes. Well, and okay. So this is awesome. Like Madison, and I hope you're, <laughs> hope you're okay with this, but you're just like making my mind go a million directions. And I love this. So what are <laughs> yeah. the other things that I see the, the, some of the biggest ways people fail in social media, entrepreneurs, especially, because again, entrepreneurs, we have a lot of passion and, and we're excited about what it is we're doing. And sometimes that's all we have, right? We don't have mm -hmm. the technical skills in some of this stuff, which is okay. Uh, but one of the, the biggest opportunities for these, these folks listening that I see is that they'll, they'll come into a new year. So it is December 14th when we're recording this. We're approaching 2022. And so they're, they're probably listening along going, yep, that makes sense. Yep, Madison's smart, which she is. Like she's the person to go to for social media. And if all you're doing is listening and you're not putting a plan together for 2022, then you're wasting your time because a lot of these, these entrepreneurs show up into the new year or show up into the moment and say, okay, I'm gonna do it. And they make three or four posts and it's like New Year's resolutions two months later, they're not doing it anymore. It's because they're not planning out their social media strategy for mm -hmm. the year. And, and I got taught this a long time ago by a mentor that's an incredible, incredible friend. And so I literally have my entire year planned. For 2022, it's done. Like the posts are figured out mm -hmm. and it's all mapping together. We, we have some stuff coming out for coaching. And so everything I'm posting now is by the author of somebody that we're doing something with in the new year. I mean, it's all strategically tied together. Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear your thoughts there because I think most people show up and just start throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. And there's, mm -hmm. there's no continuity, there's no plan, and it fizzles as a result. Mm -hmm. And then they just get discouraged and they stop altogether. When developing your brand identity, consistency is key. Consistency is 100% key. Throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing if it sticks, like, is great. Like, obviously, some things are trial and error. But if that's all you do, like we just said, it's just a cluster of content that doesn't make any sense. That's what we brought up earlier. You you have to stay consistent and you have to share things and post and, 
and and put yourself out there consistently, right? Your brand has to be at the forefront of, of, of people's pages. I mean, that's the chances of people actually seeing your content when you put it out there are going to be low if you're not consistently putting things out there. That's how the algorithm works. If you are not consistently putting this in the effort yourself, then people don't have the opportunity to engage with you as much. Therefore, when you do put out content, it's not going to show up the way that you hope it will show up. So that consistency is so important, but so is adaptability. Like you said, if you have a, a plan out for a year, that's fantastic. But Ben, I know I know that you know you know this being in the coaching space. If something changes, you're willing to change it. You're not just going to say, well, that's my plan. I'm sticking to it because that's <laughs> not going to work either. Right. So like having plans and writing them in pencil, I think is the best way to move forward with your social media, like scheduling and planning and everything. Absolutely. Yeah. And my, my big thing for, and I know myself. And so when I'm talking to everyone listening, I'm talking to myself too, that if I don't have a plan, if I don't give it the thought that it's due for the coming year from mm-hmm. a continuity standpoint and a theme, and what is this mm-hmm. all moving towards and, and how is this layering together and, and working with all of the different platforms, then it becomes haphazard and it becomes that, that mess that doesn't make any sense. And so mm-hmm. I want to encourage everyone listening to make sure that they're really thinking through not only who the audience is, but then what do you want the audience to take away from their interaction with you mm-hmm. over the course of the next year? Mm-hmm. Because the objectives for everyone are going to be different, but if we don't think through that and have an idea of it, then we're just throwing spaghetti at the wall. Exactly. And you know what else is coming to mind, Ben, is I'm thinking Instagram specifically right now, but when people click on your profile, that should be a landing page for who you are. The first thing that they they see when they click on it, your feed, your profile, your, your biography, you know, your thumbnail, everything as a whole should be a landing page for who you are and who your brand is. If they can't click on that and just get a quick overview, like in five seconds, okay, this is who this person is. It's not right. You need to go through and really do an audit on who your brand is and like your brand identity, because you know, there, there is something to aesthetically planning as well as content planning, right? Um, and making sure that everything makes sense and everything looks clean and polished, you know, don't just throw things out there because then that's messy. And guess what? That makes you look messy. So take the time to, to, while you're planning, make sure that you're not just planning content, 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 you know, that it's, it's very polished in the way that it looks and the way that you're putting out there is very strategic that, you know, grid planning is important, schedule things in advance, you know, just all of that. Absolutely. Now, okay, so let's make this practical because that's where I wanted to go next, the mm-hmm. the scheduling aspect. Mm-hmm. So I know there's a big debate right now that scheduling content's good, scheduling content's bad. I personally use a scheduler for the base content and then I add in on top of that into different mm-hmm. areas. But what are your thoughts around scheduling? And then if, if you are a favor of it, which I really don't know, are there any sites or services you'd recommend? 100%. I'm all about scheduling. I think it's really important. Um, I think that Scheduling your content in advance uh, helps you, you know, get maximum engagement because there are a lot of like, uh, there are a lot of platforms and things that we can use that that brands like that we don't have access to. These places like Sprout, you know, you can uh, Sprout is personally my favorite. If anybody's used Sprout Social, I know that HubSpot is a big one, and um, Hootsuite is also a really big one. I really enjoy Sprout. You know, they have access to track analytics in a way that we don't really have access to unless you're somebody that's a data and analytics person. Now, in my experience, you are either a creative on the social side or you're the data <laughs> analytics person. I've never met anybody that's both. And if you're both, that's that's great. 
But if, if you're somebody who's a little bit more creative, I think scheduling and having access to those, those programs that can really do a deep dive into what's going to work best for you, the times that are best for you, the times that your audience and your demographic and everything is online and that you're going to get the maximum performance out of what you're putting out there is, is better than just kind of guessing and throwing it out there yourself and hoping it works. Absolutely. Okay. So then the follow-up question to that question Mm -hmm. is then how does somebody, and I know that you probably get asked this all the time, but what advice would you give someone that's saying, okay, I'm buying into the planning, I'm buying into the scheduling. Now, how do I know when to post? Like, Because I know those are always changing, but that's a big question out there that I Mm -hmm. hear all the time from people. You mean when as in the times? Yeah. Because it's all different by platform, I know as well. Mm -hmm. But like, where, where do you go to educate yourself on that? That's the beauty of using these programs like Sprout. I mean, they do it for you per platform because, you know, that's another thing that when you're building your brand out on different social platforms, you're going to realize your demographic is a little bit different on each one of them. The location is going to be a little bit different. The age is going to be a little bit different. It'll be pretty, you know, consistent throughout the board, but the, the differences are, they're there. And so what these platforms do is they help you determine what the best plan of action is per platform when you're scheduling. So the same piece of content, but if it's going on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram, it's going to say, okay, your audience on Instagram is most active at this time. So you can pick that peak time. Now on Facebook, it could be two o'clock in the morning, right? You're not, you don't want to get up at 2 a.m. and post something. (laughs) So (laughs) I don't, I don't know who's online at 2 a.m., but I'm going to tell you that happens to us a lot at success. There are a lot of people who like to read articles at one o'clock in the morning on Facebook. And so you know, these these media outlets that help brands um, track their analytics and schedule and everything, they kind of do that for you. They really help determine the peaks and everything when when your audience is most active and then you can just go from there. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. So so we, we've gone from planning, scheduling, using services to identify the right time. Now, mm-hmm. the next thing I hear from folks is, I'm not a creative, which is a, a horrible affirmation to tell yourself, uh, but I'm not a creative. I don't know how I would create all this content for all these different things. And you touched on it, but I, I really want to go a little bit deeper into this because I was taught a long time ago by a different mentor, and I still use it to this day that that I, I plan my content, I plan the themes of what I'm going to do. I'll record one thing. So a video, or typically it's video for me, but it doesn't matter, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be. But I'm recording one main thing, and then to your point, then I'm taking that, I'm having it transcribed for a blog post. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. taking clips and for different things. So you know where I'm going with this. I'd love to hear your yes. thoughts on how, how would you tell someone to kind of ease their mind and get them to step into this and be comfortable doing it, that you don't have to record unique content for each platform? You know what? It's kind of like what we talked about earlier. And I love that you brought that up because that's definitely a way that you can be active on all the platforms, but doing your niche and doing what you do best without having to feel like you have to do something different every single time, right? Because that's just a bunch of energy that you don't really have to put out there. And that's ultimately not going to work as well. So for instance, if we have this podcast, right? Let's say somebody has a podcast and they record a podcast and they're really good at their podcast and it's their passion project and they want to increase the reach and the awareness around their podcast. Well, you can transcribe your podcast. Then it's a blog post. You know, after you do that, you could take the video portion of this podcast. We're recording on Zoom right now. Make it, uh, put it on YouTube. If you want, don't want to put it on YouTube, take the best 30 seconds of the video and put it on Reels or put it on TikTok. There you go. Take a quote that just really resonated with you from the episode and throw it out there with your branding on Instagram. Right there, you've hit every platform to share it without just sharing a link to the podcast. So there's a way that you can take 
what you're best at and repurpose it for everything else. And doing that is going to, people are going to respond a lot better to it than trying to just constantly be different and do all of the things. You don't have to do all of the things, all of the different things. You can do the one thing and put it in all of the places. I love that. And there was there was something I was taught a long time ago that there's there's two M's. There's message and method. Mm-hmm. So what you're talking about is taking a message, but then you're you're tailoring the method of delivery based on which channel, which platform. Because for instance, TikTok people, Instagram Reels people, they want short video sound bites. They're not looking for long form. People on YouTube are looking for mm-hmm. long form. Some people don't want video, they want to read it. So mm-hmm. so you're taking the same message. And you're just crafting it to be delivered in a different method to a different audience or has a different preference of how they consume content, which which is absolutely key. Exactly. Exactly. And you know what? You never know what's going to take off. Let's say that like your podcast, like I said, is your passion project. And like that's what you really want to do. This person has a, a beautiful entrepreneurship podcast that they, you know, they really love and everything. And you put a video on TikTok and it just takes off. Guess what? Your TikTok is taking off, but not only that, all of those people, those hundreds of thousands of people that watch that now know about your podcast and they're driven to that rather than you just trying to be different everywhere. You've ultimately pulled people back into your focus and what you wanted them to pay attention to in the first place. Absolutely. Well, okay. So that, then that goes to another place because uh, uh, two or three episodes ago, we talked uh, with, a, with a really awesome guest and we talked about this concept that, you know, for years we were taught that that the, the riches are in the niches, which uh, which was very true. Meaning there was a lot of noise. You can't be a generalist. You need to be a specialist. And what I've seen, and, and I don't, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. What I've seen, and what I'm coaching our, our entrepreneurs to, is you almost need to sub niche. You need to find the niche within the niche because everyone is out there competing for the same eyeballs on all the social platforms. So instead mm-hmm. of trying to be the generalist to everybody. Find mm-hmm. your subset, find your your sub niche of people who who think like you do, want what you want, believe what you believe, like resonate with your content, start there because that's where you really get movement and momentum and you start a, a revolution, if you will, uh, it, because people are passionate about the same things you're passionate about versus trying to just throw everything at the wall and try to fish, a, to cast a huge wide net. What are your thoughts there from a social strategy? You know what? That's a, that's a really good question because I'm just going to bring up like, let's say, I don't know, women in entrepreneurship. That's a niche. That's or a niche, a niche. Yeah. However you say. Um, You're not Canadian, <laughs> neither am I. So we say niche. They say niche. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's say women in entrepreneurship. That's great. That's, that's, that's a niche or niche right there. Unfortunately, there are a lot of brands who focus on female entrepreneurs or women in entrepreneurship. There are hundreds and thousands of brands who do that. So how can you be different from those brands? That's what's going to set you apart. What question can you answer that the other brands aren't answering? How can you relate to an audience in a way that the other brands aren't relating to them already? That's going to be your sub niche and that's going to be your happy place. And that's going to be why people come to you. Because if you don't do that, if you don't have that sub niche or sub niche, like you're talking about, then why would they come to you instead of everybody else? Right? Why would they come to you? What makes you different? Nothing. So you have to find that place where you're like doing something that nobody else is doing or in a way that nobody else is doing yet. Yeah, it's it's so huge because there is so much noise, so much competition. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really where I wanted to kind of to go next is 
So we have, so Success Coaching, we have a coaching company through the Success Enterprises, Success Magazine. Uh, so we coach entrepreneurs, business owners, any different business, it does not matter. Uh, we have a holistic coaching approach and through that process, we certify coaches. So coaches that want to coach on behalf of our company, we take them through a five-day, 50-plus-hour certification process. Really extensive, reviews are off the charts. We just graduated our third class. And and what I'm saying all that is to say this, that that we do advertising for that, to, to find our group of people, right? To find coaches who want to have the, the brand of Success Magazine on their side to help open doors maybe they couldn't mm-hmm. on their own or faster than they could on their own. And so we, we do exactly what you and I have been talking about. We, we have a plan. We have a strategy. We know who our audience, our avatar is. We, we know our niche and our sub-niche. Like, we have all that dialed. And so we spend money. We, we do online advertising, just like what we're talking about. What I found to be fascinating, and I'm just going to tell on myself here because I'm authentic in this, um, I, the team that, that we have on the coaching side came to me and they said, hey, we really should look at doing some of our spend on TikTok. And, and Madison, I'm just going to be honest, I, I I was not on TikTok before this. That's not my jam. It's not my thing. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that it's not valid. But mm-hmm. in my mind, I had this preconceived notion that TikTok is just for teeny boppers singing and dancing in front of the camera because that's no. what I saw probably one time, right? Mm-hmm. And so I pushed back on the team. And, and, and ultimately, though, I try to surround myself with people smarter than I am, which is not hard. But I have a really great team of people. And so I said, hey, if you think it's what we should do, let's roll. So I got on TikTok. I learned that my my notion of TikTok was completely wrong. Maybe it was correct back in the day, but it's not today. And what I think was amazing, and I'm not guaranteeing this for anybody, but what was interesting to me, the leads we generated on TikTok cost us a third of the leads we generated on Facebook, and they converted at a higher percentage. Do you want to know something that that reminds me of? Imagine being a person back in the day when digital and computer and like digital platforms <laughs> didn't exist yet, and you saying that they're never going to take off that's for new age brands and that, that's not, you're a classic brand. That's not a part of your message and you're going to stick to just doing print. How would that have worked out? <laughs> not well. <laughs> not well. So that's what I see. A lot of people, I bring up TikTok and people are like, why? That's just for people who want to post teenagers who want to post dance videos and, you know, whatever. That is so not the truth at <laughs> all. The TikTok, the thing about it, is that there are different places on TikTok, right? You have like couples TikTok, there's mom TikTok, there's entrepreneur TikTok, there's bride TikTok, there's a space and an avenue. And then there's like, you know, that pulls you in, but then there's also all those sub niches, sub niches that we talk about on there too. Sure. And it's such a growing platform and it is the most competitive one out there right now for all of these other social media brands for a reason. So to not get in on it right now and to think that, oh, that doesn't fit my brand. It doesn't fit my brand. And not even to try is almost a little bit arrogant. And I see it a lot of, you know, in a lot of people and in a lot of brands, you know, they, they see it like you did. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think a lot of people fall into that, that trap of thinking, oh, well, I've only seen teenagers post on here, so it's not for me. And they're really missing out on getting in on the ground floor because then when they realize 10 years down the line, not 10 years, <laughs> like a year down the line. But it's too late. It's too late. Yeah. It's already oversaturated. You missed your opportunity. You could have gotten in when the getting in was hot. Yep. And, and then the, com- the competition's harder, expanding your reach is harder, getting noticed is harder. You know, I, I, I don't know. 
I know. I, I think that the reason I told on myself is because mm-hmm. I want everyone listening to make sure that you're you're guarding yourself from that. Because mm-hmm. if I think back in the day, and I'm going to age myself a little bit, but when I was in college, there was no Facebook. It was MySpace. And Mm -hmm. MySpace was the coolest thing. And this whisper of this thing called Facebook came out and everyone thought, oh, that's just a fad. It's not going to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? One exists today and one doesn't, right? So as we're we're going through, whether they're listening to this on December, uh, you know, the week of the 20th uh, when this launches or whether it's 10 years from now, like be open because the newest thing is always yet to come. And so Mm -hmm. we need to have an open mindset and adopt things early if we want the the huge upside and the potential Mm -hmm. that comes with it, which is, I think, at your point. Yeah. And, and don't close yourself off from opportunity. Don't close your, and then also like we talked about, like, you know, find the space that makes the most sense for you, but make sure that you're repurposing your content for all of the other, you know, platforms and everything as much as you can repurpose that pro- passion project of yours to be noticed and to increase your reach everywhere else. Because guess what? You never know if there's going to be an announcement tomorrow that the end of whatever platform that you're most popular on is, is coming. Let's think Vine. Anybody remember Vine? So I was in college when when Vine was really popular. And then one day it just shut down. There yep. was no more Vine. So gone. any it was gone. So all of these Viners that that had really grown their platform, you know, there, but hadn't put in the effort to do it anywhere else, just kind of disappeared. That can happen at any point with with any of these like platforms. So Really try your best to leverage all of them in a way that makes sense that's not just throwing spaghetti at the wall like we talked about. Yeah, I think that's that's such a great point you just brought up because what other, <laughs> as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, what other vehicle for advertising like that could we say the same thing about? I don't know too mm-hmm. many that we could say it may not be here tomorrow. And I, mm-hmm. that it doesn't mean it won't, but that should be terrifying to anyone listening that's only on one platform or only really has a big following on one platform because you don't own the platform. So mm-hmm. it can go away tomorrow. So uh, I, I think that's absolutely huge. Now, what I'd love to do uh, as, we're, as we're coming to the end of our time, if you're good with this, I'd love to go specific and deep into a couple of the most common ones today. Um, mm-hmm. Just to get your thoughts on the nuances, future of, and what you're seeing inside of that platform and best practices, maybe. So we'll start with the the big one, elephant in the room, Facebook. Uh, like, what are you seeing there? I know that there's, I was on a, a, a creator's call a couple of weeks ago and they've got some stuff launching, but but what are you, what are you hearing, seeing, um, what's changed in your mind with Facebook and how you're planning on leveraging it, you know, going into 2022 for, for Success Magazine? You know, Facebook is a tricky animal for us because as a publication, um, our goal is to primarily drive traffic to our website. So it's different than if you're trying to sell a product. So I can't speak on brands who are trying to sell a product. But when we compare ourselves to um, other people in our space, you know, it's it's a lot of the driving traffic, driving traffic, driving traffic to your website. Therefore, guess what? You're sharing articles. You're sharing articles with high SEO rate. You're trying to, you know, pull more people in to follow the page. And then, like I said, drive them to the website. So our strategy on Facebook specifically has maintained the same for a long time, maybe adjusting here and there. For example, it wasn't too long ago that we found out and that they announced that if you post more than three times a day, you're penalized. You know, Mm. I bet you there's a lot of people listening that didn't know that. I I bet so. And like, you know, you, 
you, then you have all these people out there who thought they were doing really good because they were constantly putting themselves out there multiple times a day. And guess what? That's that's hurting you. Now, that might not be hurting you on Twitter. In fact, it's not hurting you on Twitter if you're doing that. So paying attention to those algorithm changes and how the algorithm works depending on your brand is really important. What we do at Success is not what everybody should do. Sure. That's what works for us. Sure. If you're trying to sell a product, that's different. If you're an influencer trying to grow your own brand, that's different. If you're a speaker trying to increase your reach, that's different. Then you're going to be posting videos, organic videos, driving traffic there, using um, Facebook Watch. That's going to be your primary you know, goal using Facebook. You're not going to be putting links out to drive traffic to your website. So paying attention to what your goal is for the upcoming year and how the algorithm is going to change. There are a lot of places where you can keep up with algorithm updates, sign up for newsletters, you know, X, Y, and Z to keep up to date with what's happening and adjust accordingly. I love that. Yeah, it's being agile is the key there, right? Because mm-hmm. as soon as you get used to, <laughs> as soon as you get used to it being one way, it changes, it seems. So always oh, be yeah. good for change. Uh-huh. Mm-mm. It's never going to stay the same. <laughs> like just when you feel comfortable and you're like, yes, it's working. Guess what? They wah, announced wah. something and you're like, well, <laughs> it was nice while it lasted. <laughs> Dang it. All right, so. good. So, so Instagram, obviously owned by Facebook, a little bit different animal um, mm-hmm. specifically. And you taught me this early in my time at Success, um, the, the power of re- versus Instagram TV. Like, mm-hmm. what are you seeing strategically? If we're speaking to an entrepreneur, um, maybe who wants to drive traffic, sell a product, but how would how would they best or how should they best be looking to leverage Instagram? You know what? Um, I think right now that Reels is being prioritized on Instagram. In fact, I know it is, but that's because their biggest competitor is TikTok. So keeping up to date with, you know, the competition, what's going on, how they're prioritizing their content for a while. Um, they didn't do what it, I'm, I'm blanking on the word. I don't know why I'm blanking on the word. Um, but like it, the content wasn't put out there by time. Used to when you would put out your content, it was in the order in which it was put out, right? That's what would come sure. up on your feed. It wasn't like that for a while. Then it started being prioritized by engagement. So the posts with the more engagement were popping up to the top of your feed rather than when they were published, right? I'm pretty sure, don't take my word for it, but I heard that's changing and it's going back to being prioritized by time. So keeping up with those changes is really, really important. But if it doesn't make sense for your brand to be utilizing Reels, I don't want to give the advice of just jumping in there and doing it because it's popular and that's what they're prioritizing right now. Do I think it's a mistake not to try? Yes. So what do you see the Reels being best suited for? It depends on and it depends on your goals. Honestly, like if you're a public speaker and you're trying to increase your reach, taking the best bits of some of your um, you know, some of your keynotes and republishing them in 60 second reels is going to be your best strategy. But if you're trying to sell a product, that's going to look totally different. You're not sure. looking for quick hits of motivation. You're probably, rather than prioritizing your own reels, you're probably going to want to reach out to an influencer and partner with them to you know, share your product for you. If you're a skincare brand, for example, putting out your own content is great to drive sales, but what's going to work better is partnering with these people that have really loyal followings and a really big reach to do a reel themselves, applying the product, talking about the product, and then you resharing that is going to be better than you just putting some video out there saying, hey, this is what this is, come buy it. 
Right. It's social proof at that point too, right? Mm-hmm. That's really, exactly. really big. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so real short form, um, Facebook and YouTube, obviously longer form. Now mm-hmm. the, the other one is TikTok. <laughs> now, and again, I know for all of these, they need to look for their, their own line of business, their own industry. They probably need to look at what some of their competitors are doing to get an idea of what's working, mm-hmm. what isn't. Uh, but if, if you're talking to Ben, like a month and a half ago when I said, wait, isn't Instagram just for teeny boppers? Like, what would you tell Ben, that Ben at that time, about how to leverage TikTok or how they should consider exploring leveraging TikTok? I would say look at other people in your space. Look at other people in your space and see what they're doing. Great example, Gary V. Gary V is huge on TikTok. And I'm sure if you told Gary V that, you know, TikTok is just for teenagers who want to post funny dance videos or pranking their boyfriend, he would be like, are you crazy? Are you crazy? I'm reaching a ton of people doing what I'm doing and giving advice and using this space to increase my reach and increase my, you know, my brand awareness and whatnot. So, you know, look to other people who are in your space who are already doing it. See how they're doing it. See why they're doing it. What's working for them? What's not working for them? And see how you can make that your own would be my my best advice because there are so many, and I talked about this earlier, so many different spaces on TikTok. Just going on the app and seeing what you you like the most is not going to work. You might find videos hilarious or engage with content that you know you see for your personal life, but you doing that for your business is not going to work. People are not going to relate to it. They're not going to identify with it. So look to other people in your space, see what's working for them, and look into how you can make that your own. That's awesome. I love that. Mm-hmm. So Madison, um, before uh, before we we get to our close, I, I want to make sure everyone knows um, your podcast. Um, tell us again, give us an idea for those listening why they should listen because they all should be tuning into your podcast. It's, it's an incredible show every single time. Some incredible stories there. Um, help us unpack what what is what is the show and what is the focus and what is the listener going to get from it? My podcast is my passion project. I love it. Um, It's Success Stories with Madison Piper. Um, What we do on there is I interview women of impact. So these amazing women in so many different fields and avenues of success that have achieved so much, but they use their success to make an impact in the world. Um, I interview authors. I interview entrepreneurs. I've interviewed influencers, um, just a variety of people in, in different spaces and have brought them on and talked to them about how they use the reach that they have to make a difference in the lives of other people. And it's, it's really inspiring. I've really loved it. Um, you can find it on anywhere where better podcasts are heard. So Spotify, um, Apple, iTunes, et cetera. Um, and yeah, make sure to come give it a listen. It's success stories with Madison Piper, P I E P E R, like a piece of pie per person. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I always have to spell it. I always have to spell it because, you know, people spell the traditional way. Um, but yeah, and make sure you come give it a listen, leave it a review. I'd love to hear what you think. And, um, you know, I hope you love it as much as I do. That's awesome. Well, I know they will, Madison. I just want to say thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for sharing uh, all of your knowledge with the listeners. I know I took notes and I know all of them did as well as we navigate this social media world and trying to get our message out to our market. So just thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you, Ben. We'll see you soon. Well, that was something different than we usually do. And man, I got a ton of notes from that conversation with Madison. I trust you did as well. Now, here's someone running one of the larger social media campaigns and accounts across a lot of platforms that any of us will ever meet. 
and she just shared everything with you. I hope you took a lot of notes. I hope you have a lot of actionable items. Bottom line, what I took away is be strategic, know your audience, be open-minded to other platforms, and the key is being consistent. So that's what we have for you today on The Success Line. Thanks, as always, for listening. Connect with me on social media. Instagram's where I'm most active, at Ben Fairfield. Hop over there, engage. Look forward to seeing you next week on The Success Line. If you're interested in receiving free coaching on a future episode, go to success.com slash success line guest. This has been a success podcast. Head over to success.com slash podcasts to hear more just like it.